Let's pray. Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. Father, we pray for our time now that we would see your salvation. Would we see your salvation of your people back there in Egypt? Would we see your salvation that you work through your servant, Jesus? Father, please show us that. Would we see it? And would you transform us as we do? In Jesus' name, amen. Back in my old church, uh, I was privileged to get to know a gentleman who had struggled for decades with chronic back pain. Literally decades of, of chronic back pain. Uh, it had a huge impact on his life. Uh, he struggled to do lots of things that he would have loved to have done. It caused him real pain physically. It caused him real anxiety, fear for what the future would hold. It caused him doubts spiritually, doubts of God's sovereign power, doubts of God's goodness. And it was a real joy and privilege to uh, spend time with him and seek to encourage him and help him uh, journey through uh, as a Christian and point him back to the things that he knew. Because one of the wonderful things about him was that he would encourage me and remind me, he's saying, look, the, the thing I keep coming back to in my doubts is that Jesus came, Jesus died for me to save me. And that for him was the thing that he clung on to, even in those hard and painful times and dark times. And I think that's what our passage that we're looking at today encourages us too to do, to see the salvation of the Lord and see how that impacts and helps us, particularly in the hard times and the fearful times. Because today we're looking at the exodus, the going out from Egypt. Right back from chapter 5, verse 1, when Moses first said to Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh said no. But here we finally do. The people are leaving Egypt. We've had those ten plagues, ten times, ways in which the Lord has said, I am the Lord. I'm the only Lord. Ten times to show Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And finally, there they go. And we're going to explore these these verses under three headings. Uh, And the first one, you see them on your, your handouts, is don't fear when you see trouble. Don't fear when you see trouble. The end of chapter 13, from where Jay started reading in verse 17, they describe the beginnings of their journey. And the journey starts out well. In those verses, we get three descriptions of God's kindness to the people as they set off. Firstly, in the journey that they take, the directions they go. You see verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. So back in those days, um, there was a road called the Way of the Sea, and apparently it would have taken about two weeks to walk from Egypt to the promised land where they were going, the land of Canaan. But God didn't take them that way, though it was the shortest, because that way would have led through the Philistines. And the reading goes on, For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. You see, God sovereignly was working out their journey, their directions, 
so that they wouldn't immediately see war and go, you know what, let's head back to Egypt. It's what uh, one, one writer that I read this week put so wonderfully. This is one of the divine nevers. I like that phrase, divine nevers. It's one of the things that God kept from coming to his people. At the first sign of trouble, he, he knew that they would actually go, let's get back to Egypt, let's go there again. The Lord saved them from that. They didn't even experience it. I think that's actually a wonderful description and, and how much the sovereign Lord saves us from today. The divine nevers. How many things that we are kept from. Things that we might think would be best or it would be good to go that way. But the Lord in his goodness and sovereignty knows that that is, wouldn't be right. So he, he guides them in the way they should go. He reminds them of his faithfulness. That's probably the, the strange bit about Joseph's bones. I don't know if you noticed that. One of the things, right, they're, they're on this quick journey to escape, but the one thing, they, they weren't to forget a coffin. They, they weren't to forget Joseph's bones. Because, right at the end of Genesis, we saw, saw God make that promise to Joseph. He said, God will surely visit you and will bring you out and into the promised land. You see, these events are the fulfillment of God's great promise. They're a sign of God's faithfulness. It has taken a long time, but God is now delivering on that promise. So he reminds them of his faithfulness. And also, he gives them his presence leading and guiding them. So from verse 21, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they may travel by day and by night. Verse 22 says that that did not depart before the people. God said, follow me. This is the way to go. Follow that cloud. I keep getting it the wrong way around. The pillar of clouds and of fire. Just follow that. I'm leading you in the way to go. So that as the people set off, they <coughs> have these three great reminders and great descriptions of how God is helping them on this journey. But at the beginning of chapter 14, things seem, and I stress that word, seem to take a turn. Because when Pharaoh hears of the Egyptians taking flight, he and his people have a change of heart. So chapter 14, verse 5, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind, or we could say the heart, of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people. And they said, what is this we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And so he made ready his chariots and took his army with him and took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. Oh no, what have we done? We've let all of our slaves go. Let's go get them back. And, you know, sorry, 600 of the chariots, these are like the, 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 the tanks of the day, the, the best armoured tanks that you could have got. That, that was the chariots of the day. Take the 600 of them, the special forces troops, and indeed everyone, let's go get them back. And so in verse 9, the Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them, as we'll see in a moment. Well, they go. And as again we'll see in a moment, uh, God's people are terrified by this. 
But we as readers, we know that this is all part of God's plan. Okay, remember, the Lord is leading them. So the fact that they are there and being pursued is because of God's plan. But not only that, we again see God sovereignly working in the heart of Pharaoh. So verse 4. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. The Lord, once again, is going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh is going to have this change of heart, and he's going to be set on trying to enslave his people again, and the Lord strengthens that resolve, strengthens that stubbornness to that course of action. And that's confirmed in verse 8, and we see pretty much exactly the same wording in verses 17 to 18. The Lord is sovereignly at work at Pharaoh. Because, yes, we've had these ten plagues ten times when the Lord has shown his power to the Egyptians. And here he's going to do it again. He is going to show them his power. He is going to get glory over Pharaoh. But for now, let's just see the people's response. Verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord's. The people were afraid. Okay, over here they've got the sea, this red sea that seems like this huge barrier. And over here you've got the wilderness and Pharaoh's crack troops and his whole army closing in. They looked up and they were afraid. And the thing is that fear can do funny things to our thinking. Because see how it goes on. Verse 11, they said to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. That's quite shocking. You'll think, what? But, but fear can do that. Fear can blind to reality. Fear made them forget that God was leading them. It, it, it caused them to forget God's faithfulness. It caused them to reinvent the past as they thought back. How quickly they've changed their minds. You know, you know what? Egypt wasn't that bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. You know, we had homes, we had food. I knew what every day was going to hold. They forgot so quickly the bitter slavery and the fact they were there crying out to the Lord for deliverance. They reinvented the past. But fear can do that. And you know what? I think sometimes we can be like that too. Think, oh, yeah. Maybe it wasn't too bad before I became a Christian. You know, yes, there was that sense of guilt and frustration. 
the, the, the sins that I could feel had such a grip on me. Or, you know, that, thinking back to that lifestyle, yeah, it had, had moments of happiness, but they were always followed by that deep sense of hollowness. Oh, I'd like a bit of that again. That, that wasn't that bad. And fear can help us, can, not can help us, can make us lose sight of God's faithfulness to his people as a whole and to you individually. Fear can, help, can cause us to fail to see God's leading kindness, kind protection. And I say there's usually times of trouble which heightens those feelings. To think, actually, you know what? I'd be better off there. It's those times when we, we see trouble and we can't see any way out. Be on your guard. Being, being aware of this danger helps us now so that when those times of trouble come, when you can only see the trouble and no way out, and you know, you, you know what my default may well be to swing and, and, and reinvent the past and to stop seeing God's faithfulness and thinking you know, maybe I'll be better off not a Christian. If we're aware of that danger... We can be on the guard against it. And what will guard us against it? Well, here's our second point. It is seeing the salvation of the Lord. See the salvation of the Lord. This is what Moses says. He goes on in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. The Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Wonderful description. Fear not, you don't need to be afraid. Stand firm, don't run away, don't flee. Stand and finally see the salvation of the Lord. See his great rescue that he is going to work today. And in verse 14, it emphasizes that this is all the Lord's doing. The battle is his. Salvation is his. They've just got to stand there and be silent. The Lord is going to do it. He is going to bring salvation. And what great salvation it is. For one final time here in Egypt, God is going to draw a distinction between his people, the Israelites, and the Egyptians. Firstly, then, let's see his people. Three times we're told their escape is described in quite dramatic detail. So firstly, we're told what is going to happen in verse 16. Lift up your, this is the Lord speaking to Moses, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. This is what you're going to do, Moses. And then it actually happening is described in verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. And in case we're missing it, then we're then told what happened again in verse 29. But the people of Israel uh, walked on dry ground through the sea 
the waters being a wall to them on their right hands and on their left. Can you imagine being there? Imagine seeing this. Moses lays out his hands and the waters part. And you've got this bank of water on your right, this bank of water on your left. And what was once sea is now dry ground. You walk through. Can you imagine walking through the water either side of you? God's amazing salvation, his amazing rescue, the final deliverance out of Egypt. That's how God helps his people escape. But if you remember from a couple of weeks ago when we looked at the Passover, there we saw how God kept his people safe from judgment. Okay, they sacrificed the lamb. That, that's kept them safe from judgment. This element of their salvation is rescue through judgment. Through judgment. Because we've seen Pharaoh's heart. We've seen him set on enslaving the people. And so if his people was ever to go true, to be truly free from Pharaoh and his cruel people, well then they needed to be defeated once and for all. This is rescue through judgment on the Egyptians. And so these descriptions of God's people's rescue and the walking through and the dry ground with the water on either side of them is each time it's accompanied by a description of, what, of God's judgment on the Egyptians. So chapter 14, verse 17. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And then it is described vividly from verse 23 how the Egyptians follow in after God's people. They pursue them. They ride in with their chariots and horses. And then verse 24, we see the Lord throwing them into a panic. Verse 25, the wheels literally come off Pharaoh's plan as the chariots get stuck and they try and flee. Verse 26, the Lord then says to Moses again, stretch out your hands over the sea and the water rushes on over them. Verse 28, the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them returned. God's judgment on the Egyptians to free his people once and for all. And so too Christians have been delivered from an evil ruler, from an evil tyrant. An evil tyrant who doesn't want to give up possession over people. But make no mistake that at the cross, as Jesus died, he defeated Satan decisively. He released Satan's grip on Jesus' people. Now, yes, Satan still prowls, he still growls, but know that he has been defeated. He's been defeated decisively, but we also know that on the day of judgment, like Pharaoh, he will be cast into a sea to be no more. God's people have been, Christians today, have been decisively set free 
liberated. And we look forward to the, the ultimate and full expression of that on the day of judgment. God's people are fearful. They only see trouble. They don't see a way out. Moses says, see the salvation of the Lord. And they see it. They experience it. They walk through the sea on dry ground. And they see their enemies dead and defeated. They see salvation. And for us today, that is what is going to help us. That is the call for us too, is to see salvation. That's why I talked about um, Bible reading notes. Because we don't just see this salvation on a Sunday morning. We want to see this salvation each and every day as we fix our eyes on it. And then see the result of seeing this salvation. Here's our final point. Fear and trust the Lord and his servants. So see how this rescue is summed up firstly in verse 30. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And then see the change that is brought about in God's people. In verse 31. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Do you see that change? From back in verse 10 when they looked up and they feared and they were afraid and they didn't believe. Well now they fear the Lord and they trust in him. And not just in him, but did you notice in his servant? This is a really key thing for the book of Exodus and indeed for us too. Because again, I don't know whether you noticed as it was read and we looked at it, but both the moving of the water and the bringing of the waves crashing back down was done through Moses. The Lord said to Moses, lay out your hands. He brings that salvation through his servants. Likewise, he brings that judgment through his servants. And again, of course, how this points us to the Lord's ultimate servants, to Jesus. The one through whom the Lord saves his people. And indeed, the one through whom God defeated Satan and will judge Satan and all people. And if you're here this morning and and you're not yet trusting in him, can I implore you to, to see the Lord's power, to see that God is not a God to be messed with, He's a God to be submitted to. And he's, it's to be done now before it's too late. Come to Jesus now as a saviour rather than to meet him later as a judge. Now is the time to come to him and to trust him to bring that salvation for you. And for us Christians, again, this helps and prepares us for those times of trouble that we will undoubtedly face. Those times of fear, when we can only see the problem and we can't see a way out, it's the reminder for us to see the salvation of the Lord again. As we think back to what he has already done, that will help us to have our fear in the right place of him. And that will help us to trust in him and his servant Jesus to keep us through 
those problems, no matter how big and how scary they may be. It is the Lord's salvation that gives us the assurance that he really is on our side and he really will work full salvation, bringing us out from Egypt, out from slavery to sin, defeating conclusively that evil tyrant who would love to pull us back. And he will bring us to that promised land to enjoy that salvation fully in the future. Brothers and sisters, see that salvation. And let's pray that they're now. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians so that people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Father, we praise you for your great salvation, the great rescue that you did way back then and the great rescue you've done through the Lord Jesus. Father, please would we fix our eyes on that salvation, think on it daily, remember it, that we would fear you and trust you, believe you and seek you, particularly in those times of trouble. Lord, we look to you now to continue working in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.